Welcome to the Salty Investors episode number 67. It is Thursday, February 22nd. Uh, it's a pretty hot one. What about up there with you, Tim? Yeah, it's steaming up again. I thought it's over. You know, summer's yeah. over. <laughs> Getting a bit of cooler weather, but no, it's come back a little bit of vengeance, but hopefully Jumped the rain again. stopped. <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh I think I think this weekend it's gonna peak tomorrow. And I reckon that's I'm calling it. I'm calling tomorrow's the end of end of summer here. Nice. Uh, we'll see. I think it's gonna be 31 on the Gold Coast, which is you know, it doesn't get that much hotter down here because you're close to the water. Yep. Um yeah, anyway, uh what do you got for us this week with salt, Tim? Start us off. I just saw a, a UK video of the TV license police going door to door asking for payment. I thought, surely this is a joke. But in the UK, it costs oh. you £159 for a colour TV or £53 for a black and white TV. And if you're blind, you get a 50% discount. Hmm. Not paying for a TV licence can lead you to a $1,000 fine. Um, that's if you're caught, catching, you're caught catching BBC or ITV. It's nearly impossible to enforce, so only the law abiding pay for this tax. Whitlam abolished yeah. this tax in the 1970s in Australia, forking the cost of the ABC onto every taxpayer. Surely a fairer system is to go back to TV licences, you know, and for, the, for those who like the ABC, pay for it. Or are they worried that ABC viewers are not law-abiding so the TV licence won't work? Have you heard of a TV licence before? Yeah, well, I lived in Japan. Let me tell you about the NHK man who comes <laughs> okay. around to you. Do you do? Um, and I, I was told by Japanese people, just don't answer the door. And that's what they do. They just don't answer. I mean, Japanese are very non-confrontational if they uh -huh. can help it, you know. So just, you just don't answer the door. You have a look out the window. It's the <laughs> NHK man. He's got a fucking little thing on his shirt so you know who it is. He's got a clipboard. Yeah, he just, yeah, sorry. Um, I actually did open the door once and I told him I didn't have a TV. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, and that was yeah. yeah, that was the last place I lived in in the south of Japan. I lived there for six years, mm -hmm. and I only saw him once and told him I didn't have a TV. I mean, he may have come back um, because in Japan, see, everyone sort of assumes no one is. It's kind of weird to live on your own, you know, um, okay. unless you're a university student or something. Uh -huh. So that's why, yeah. And so <clears throat> they probably come around the daytime when I'm at work anyway. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah, just ignore the NHK man. But I mean, look, you know, like if you want to watch Foxtel in Australia and you, so you get Sky News and you get, you, know, you, you can pick your packages, you know, you can get sports and you can get movies, you can get everything, you can get all your crappy TV shows, the horrible whores of um, San Francisco or whatever you want. <laughs> uh, you can get all that. Um, yeah, why not for the ABC? Yeah. You know, uh, well, I, I, think the, I think the answer is that they probably wouldn't be able to get the billion or billion, billion, a billion and then some. For uh, to all the crap they want to put on TV, and there's a lot of crap there. Yeah, so I don't know. But what are you salty about this week? Um, well, um, Allegra Spender has uh, come up with a fantastic plan. Allegra Spender tweeted out that Australians spend twice as much on fuel as our US and EU counterparts because we don't have a fuel efficiency standard in place. That's the reason, apparently. Um, the proposed fuel efficiency standards is one of the most important policy levers we have to permanently reduce our cost of living. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't think, you know, when you're subject to oil prices, you, 
it, you know, there's nothing permanent about it. You're, you're at the whim of oil prices. But anyway, let me give you another policy lever, big spender. It's called excise tax. Now, once you factor in the GIST on excise, it comes to about 30% of your fuel bill at current prices. And the best part is you don't need to come up with some bullshit about fuel efficiency standards and try and stop people driving the cars they want to drive. All you do is get out a red pen and go, no more excise. But as you know, Tim, uh, there are that would mean that the government would have to cut some spending somewhere and there are no political parties anymore that even talk about that stuff. Yep. Yeah, well, you got the easy solution there. You know, you want to help people out, well, you mm. just cut the excise. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just love it how they, they do, say. Do it in stages. You know, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's uh, I mean, it's basically 50 cents now, um, the excise. I think it's going up to 49.6 cents at the end of this month. Uh, or it might be this week, actually. Um so, I mean, just cut it in stages, cut 15 cents, 15 cents, 15, do it over three years, you know, do away with it. Yeah, well, that's Come up what, with some spending cuts. Well, that's what they do for junkies. You know, you don't want them going cold turkey on it. So, you know, just take a little bit off each exactly. year. So, yep. yeah, but, you know, the fuel efficiency standards, obviously, you know, they're saying, you know, they're trying to lock in savings for people. That's just the biggest load of junk, you know, like. If people, they're, they're treating people like idiots, you know, oh, yeah, you want to buy a more fuel-efficient car, well, it's going to cost you more up front. Exactly, yeah, that's so, the thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the same with all these policies, these sort of climate measures, is that it's fine if you're, you know, uh, affluent because, yeah, you could, I mean, I saw that idiot Miles today from Queensland say he's going to give Queenslanders $4,000 subsidy to have a solar battery in your garage, yeah. okay. right? I don't know how much they cost. Maybe they cost double that or 10 grand or something i don't know but um yeah it's it's just like uh none of it it's all aimed at people who can afford it yeah i mean how many people can afford a new car every three years i mean the poorest people in society are the ones are going to lose out they want to tax your meat now they came out i don't know if you saw palaszczuk came out um not palaszczuk um what's the name uh the Environment minister, Labor environment minister, um, blonde haired, you know, husband is a druggo, a convicted drug dealer. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, well, anyway, she came out with a policy about, oh, well, uh, she said something like so many hundreds of thousands of clothing garments go into landfill oh, yes. every year. Yeah. So they're, now they're toying with a tax on fashion. So I thought, oh, well, that's very anti woman. But anyway, mm-hmm. I mean, they just can't, they just can't help themselves. They, Every aspect of your life, they, they, like you've got to eat less meat, you can't wear as many clothes, you can't drive the car you want to drive. I mean, it's just, it, I mean, I think people at some point are going to say, fuck this, piss off. I reckon. Yeah. Accelerate it. Don't fight it, Scott. <laughs> Encourage <laughs> well, just them. Accelerate it and just crater everything so <laughs> yeah, that yeah. we can pick up stocks well, at penny on the dollar. It's worked in Argentina, you know, things are, yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't know how bad things are going to get before people start going, oh, well, you know, I've got to feed and clothe my kids to send them to school. You know, it's, it's, it costs money, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like magical rainbows. So I don't know. Keep it going. So, yeah, I'm not too worried. Yeah. I think they'll work it out. People will work it out. They'll get smart enough at some stage here and they'll do the right Eventually. thing, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, I had a couple of charts to sort of a follow-up from last week. I mean, we talked about how energy was the inverse of uh, tech basically. So this is, uh, this is getting actually, if you have a look at the gap between tech and energy, it's never been wider. 
it's the widest on mm. record. Although tech is not quite as high as it was in 2000, energy is actually lower than it was in t- significantly oh, yes. lower than it was. So that gap there is bigger than that gap. Um, and, you know, you can see what happened subsequently, but it doesn't, I mean, and you remember this boom here in Australia, gold mm-hmm. took off. We had, lith- uh, sorry, um, you know, Caledon and all this you know, yep. gas and everything just took off. Mm-hmm. Big, big boom. Um, I mean, and we all know the story about resources because, you know, no one wants to invest in it because it's, you know, uh, it's on the nose, but sort of reality starting to kick in in certain places. And we, you know, like Germany, we <laughs> have spent so much money on a renewables economy and uh, they haven't got much to show for it. And of course, stupid idiots in Australia, we're just trying to follow them down the same path. But um, yeah, I mean, at some point, that's got to turn around. Or does it, Tim? Or does it? Is it a new paradigm? Is this time different? I don't know. Well, nuclear energy is coming to save us all. So I don't know. Mm. You know, like there's all these little things <laughs> that could, you know, make that go on for longer than you think. Um, Solar freaking roadways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but that divergence is pretty nasty. But yeah. I'm still twiddling my thumbs. I know about it and I can see it, but I'm like, well, what can I do? Mm. I've only got two names, you know, Um well, that's what I was thinking today. Tim, you better start bringing the fucking energy names because uh, we're okay. going to get caught out here. <laughs> yeah, well, there is two oil producers, you know, high royalty type, low capital intensive, you know, the sort of stuff that I like. But yeah. um, you sort of think you've got to pick them in a cycle. But maybe we are in the cycle. We just don't realize it enough that, mm. um, you know, we don't really need a, a downturn to sort of buy them. Maybe we should be buying them now. Well, Warren's buying them. So what am I doing? Yep. Like, yep. so yeah. Yeah, I sent you, I sent you something earlier in the week. What he's buying more Occidental, wasn't he, or something? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's been around a fair bit. Sort of seen a few cycles. So, yeah. Maybe he's seeing him. That you know, I'm not seeing that fat pitch there. You know, I don't know what's wrong with me, but you know, I maybe I'm think I'm too smart for this. You know, but I don't know. I still think he's you know probably onto something here. Yeah. Um, and just another, again, sort of the, we talked last week about GMOs, um, uh, study on concentration and yeah, we're pretty much there again, top, top 10%. Of, I mean, there's some pretty, have a look where the peaks are 1930. Oh, that must be the wild time. <laughs> 2029, uh, a little bit rough after 2000, <laughs> 2000. And, uh, and here we are again, um, not yep. very auspicious occasions. Um, that one in there, that's the nasty bear market of 74. That's uh, where the stock market got cut in half. Um, of course, you know, three data points don't make um, anything, but it's just interesting to look at. I mean, uh, I don't, I, I, I don't know which way to go, but these things generally can't go on uh, indefinitely. But Or is this a coping mechanism because you're not in the top? 10%. Yeah. You know. That's right. It is a coping mechanism. It's I'm looking at that top 10. You can't you can't stay in there. You can't, you, something's got to give. Yeah. Um maybe it's going to be has Nvidia reported yet? Maybe it's going to be Nvidia oh, next day or so or something, but yeah. I think yeah, it's going to be a yeah. bit of a surprise. I think it's going to be the upside, but you know the market's right. not thinking that, but yeah, they're doing everybody everybody's still um in love with AI, which I think will be it'll be one of those things that I think, you know, I am I am sort of optimistic about AI, but it'll be one of those things that just gets so overdone and then we'll go, oh, actually, it's not as amazing. And no, and 
no, not everybody's going to lose their job to AI and, you know, yeah. and, and, we'll, all, and we'll all settle down at some point. But I, if I feel like that can drive it a little bit longer, uh, at least if NVIDIA keeps coming out with yeah, well, results. Terry Smith calls it a, you know, secular tailwind and you're yeah. fighting that. Those narratives can go longer, like you're saying, they go longer than yeah. you think. You know, we all think, oh, yeah, it's all blown over by now, but I think it's got a little bit more legs in it, but I don't know. But, you know, I've been wrong at NVIDIA how many times now? Like so many times, the crypto boom and, you know, all these other things, the graphical interfaces in freaking self-driving cars. And, you know, now it's got the AI freaking tailwind. Like, yeah. Well, there's a lot of growth going forward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's all we got for that this week. Let's get on to Singapore Exchange. Yeah, so last couple of weeks we did the Mexico Exchange, so I thought I'd have a quick look at the Singapore Exchange. Like all exchanges around the world, it has characteristics that enable a sustained compatible advantage due to the high levels of regulation. Let's look at the fundamentals. Shares outstanding are stable. On the PE basis, it's never been cheaper in the last six years. On a price-to-free cash flow basis, it's fairly mid-priced. Return on invested capital and margins are high and stable, which is great. Growth has been weak, and it looks like it's getting weaker in the last three years, which is a bit of a concern. Um, dividend is 3.3% with a large payout ratio, 60%. Interest coverage is about 87 so great. Let's flip over to the balance sheet and cash flow. We see a net debt of negative $250 billion, so heaps of cash. Um, free cash flow is, um, is higher than it was in 2019, but still well below the COVID years all round, not too bad, except for the low growth digging a bit further. It looks like trading volume has moved to other exchanges, the Asian equities. So I can't see a growth story going forward. I'm not a high growth person, but this seems to be a bit concerning Mm. if we're generous with 4% growth. Um, into this headwind, we're looking at a price to fee cash flow of eight, but currently it's 20. Even mm. if I bump the, the growth to 5%, I'm still looking at a, a 50% reduction. Capital allocation and margins are great, but we still need the business to be able to realloc- reallocate that capital internally for compounding returns. Yeah. yeah. To me, it seems yeah. hard for even a, to be a takeover target because of the political and regulatory issues. So no premium there in my book. Maybe I'm mm. being a bit too harsh, but what do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's a good thing. It's a good point. I mean, you look at the returns on equity, returns on invested capital, you go, yeah, awesome, but they're paying 60% of it out. Yeah. Um, so, yep. um, I mean, I, I don't, so I don't really know, like, are you competing, are people ch- trading Chinese equities on the Singapore exchange? And if they are, how much and, you know, like, yeah, but all well, these like little like, island countries near them, like Indonesia and stuff, they're getting their own platforms yeah. and stuff like that. And so instead of the the volume coming through Singapore, um, you know, it's going through other areas at the moment. And you can yeah. see those growth numbers have been terrible. Like, yeah, you you know, you're looking at a you know a pretty terrible company when you're looking at five year revenue growth of five percent. You know, like, and then they're not they're not juicing it. Like, what are they doing with mm. the extra money here? Like it's not even going into share buybacks. Um, it's just going into the payout ratio. And the payout ratio has actually got better. It was like 80% 
you know, in the oh, last. Really? So uh, all they're doing is just paying it out in dividends, but that's not a way to keep a company going. You need to be, you know, buying something else to tag along that fits in with the, the company to, to get some growth. Like I don't want to be paying tax on 3.3%, you know, that's just, you know. Yeah. 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 It's, it's the problem, isn't it? I mean, I guess I don't know. Did you read anything about uh, management discussion, MDNA? Like, Oh, it's just quiet. Uh, it's like, what like are, you... they, are they talking about growth opportunities or nothing? No. no. It's just yeah. little things, you know, and Singapore's a tiny com- you know, country. Mm. So, you know, I think a lot of the, the country, they actually invest in stocks and stuff like that. But, you know, it's still only, what, a couple of million people live there. So, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, potential yeah. for growth there when you're sort of constrained in that country is sort of limited. And like, there's only so many Bitcoin ETFs and everything you can float on the exchange, you know, before you sort of, you know, flood the market a little bit here. So I yeah. don't know. It just seems yeah. I can't see. So, where... so then, it, then it just becomes, uh, it becomes sort of like a cyclical in in the sense that you it'll do well in years where there's some kind of boom and mad trading volumes going on because of something. You know, yeah, like everyone's locked at home. That will be, but there's a yeah. Oh, it's so a store that, if you, yeah. you know, Peter Lynch, you know, store what? So yeah, I don't know how yeah. you're gonna, you know, turn this into something that's decent. Um, so yeah. I don't know. I can't even. Yeah, what's the escape? What's the catalyst here? I just, I can't see it. <laughs> but sometimes I'm blind to it. Let me know if you, somebody else sees it. Well, but... yeah, I mean, I, I I told Jim the story more yeah. than twenty years ago when I was. Uh, analyzing the ASX and went down hooked to the CFO and just what's the thing going to be like is it going to be derivatives is, oh, I don't know you know it's just, there was nothing I couldn't I know I, I, yeah. I, I thought it's a good company great margins good uh, good profitability and I just can't find any reasons for it to grow but yeah 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 I just but when I don't understand it it just becomes a pass you know like yeah, I'm just like exactly. I, like yep. I don't have to understand it. You know, I've got another, you know, 20 or so to look yep. at, you know. Um, you don't have to swing at every pitch. Just yep. let it go. Yep. But yeah, as long as you've got some story and you're going, well, I have looked at it and this is what I came up with. And, you know, I'm open to criticism. I'd love a little bit of criticism, you know, a little constructive criticism. Let me know where I'm missing here if anybody knows. So, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. There you go, folks. There's the challenge. Come and tell Tim he's wrong about the Singapore Exchange and tell us where they're going to smash it out of the park. There you go. And we will see you next week.